0: Darkness crawled across the overgrown graveyard. The headstones were bent and canted from neglect and shoved aside by determined bushes and saplings. A smoky fog had rolled in off the Mississippi River, floating through the cemetery like many ghosts. Joe snuggled in behind a big headstone, knowing the Yankee sergeant would be coming soon. He had learned the soldier's routine well. Joe looked over his shoulder. His partner was hidden behind a square, green-furred headstone. That's right, Curtis. Stay alert. We can't afford to be caught. Have to complete our mission for the cause. Joe didn't know why these Yankees had held up here in Helena instead of going on down to Vicksburg where the fighting was. It didn't matter. They were here, and he was going to do his duty. He settled in for the wait, had to have patience. He placed his face against the stone, cold and damp. He felt the inscription with his fingers. Curious, he backed off enough to read it. There barely was enough light, but he made out. Alan Buford, born 1802, died 1851. May the angels guard him for eternity. Joe felt a shiver. Thought about looking for the angels. Psst. Joe started, then whirled. Curtis was pointing. Joe turned. The big Yankee was coming down the path. In the late gloom, his uniform appeared more black than blue. It was him, Sergeant Davis of Iowa. Joe buried behind the headstone like a lizard under a shingle. Everything was automatic now. They had planned it well. They had practiced the escape. He was ready. He felt an electric screw in his chest and drumming in his ears. But he was ready. The Yankee drifted down the dark, foggy path like a demon. He was a huge man, the biggest Yankee at Helena. He stopped at the exact place Joe had planned, slowly scanned the area, his Springfield rifle covering the area in a smooth circle, the bayonet on the end like a medieval spear. Joe tried to melt into the back of the headstone. He knew Curtis was doing the same. The Yankee finally seemed satisfied he was alone. He dropped a handful of leaves by a stump. There was a convenient chunk of firewood standing about eight inches beside it. The big man leaned his gun against a headstone then unbuttoned his pants, and they fell to his ankles. He lowered his shining butt down on the stump and firewood, a homemade privy. Soon, the music began. He was sputtering and spewing like a clogged flute. Joe grinned. He had heard the soldiers call it the Arkansas Quickstep. They had all sorts of afflictions and diseases, living in cramped quarters and not being used to the southern climate. Curtis giggled behind him. Sergeant Davis snapped his head in that direction. Who's there? Joe turned toward Curtis, but his partner was hidden well. He's going to get us shot, Joe thought. He was usually scared of his own shadow. Now he's laughing. Davis turned back, must have assumed it was the wind. The sputtering began again. Joe got to his knees. He was going to do this right. This mission would go off perfectly. He squeezed the weapon in his hands. Davis grunted and his rear popped like a cork shot out of a bottle. Curtis snickered. Davis yelled, Who the hell is over there? Answer me, damn it! He reached for his musket. Joe knew it was time. He leaped to his feet, jerked the rope in his hands. The rope snapped tight, catapulted leaves and sticks from the ground. Then snatched the chunk of firewood from under Sergeant Davis's right cheek. Davis's arms fanned the air for purchase, but found none. His left cheek let go of the stump, and he landed butt first into his own stink. Curtis screams laughter. Joe struck out for the escape route. Come on, Curtis! Davis tried to stand, slipped, and fell back into his mess. Who the hell is over there? Joe stopped. No, Joe, keep going, Curtis said. We've been lucky so far. Let's don't push it. Joe grinned. He turned toward the darkness that hid Davis and whistled, Dixie. Davis replied instantly, Joseph Taylor, you little runt. Joe cut out for home with Davis's yells fading behind him.